0: Welcome back to Reality Check Chat, your rural political podcast sponsored by the Independent Democratic Women of Susquehanna County. And I'm Barbara Scott.
1: And I'm Judy Herschel.
0: And I'm Liz Kearney. And we're welcoming Liz back. And we have a guest with us, Christian, who is the Susquehanna County Democrats campaign chair. And so thank you for coming, Christian.
2: Thank you for inviting me to be a part of this conversation. Yes. Anytime. And-
1: Anytime you want to. And and thank you everyone for joining us again on Reality Check Chat. Later on in the podcast, we will be introducing a segment we call Liz on Liz, which should be very interesting, but more on that in a little bit. A lot to talk about today. So, Judy,
0: you were going to talk to us about voting rights because they're so important with this upcoming fall election in 2022. We've got to get started now.
1: I actually heard somebody say this past week, oh, my God, voting rights. I'm so sick of hearing voting rights. Oh my and am I, you could like hear my jaw drop. <laughs> right. How you know, can you be sick of hearing voting rights? So somebody recently said to me that in a breakdown of all the countries across the world, there's 52 authoritative countries and there's only 25 true democracies and that the United States had been falling in what is considered a democracy in the numbers. And we're getting closer to more of a authoritative type of government. And over the last several months or last several years, pardon me, that has been happening. So I did research it and it is very, very much true. And the reasoning behind why we're falling and falling quite drastically. and, And I have the article right here is because of threats to To elections, threats to to voting rights. Those are the two top reasons is it's voting rights and election integrity. And the economists and individuals that are putting in information about this or or commenting on it are extremely concerned. So when when we're talking about these things, we're talking about the future of our democracy.
0: I think I read either that article or a similar article about our democracy being rated lower than it used to be. And I think, and it's not just the several years. I think it's it's over the course of many years. It's the 2010 gerrymandering redistricting, which we're I'm going to talk about in a few minutes, and also the fact that we have minority rule. We we said over and over again on this podcast how our Senate does not reflect the United States of America, it reflects a minority view from mainly rural constituents or right-leaning constituents and, yes. and in many state legislatures and many states like our state of Pennsylvania, which should be evenly divided, really, base, basically, and back and forth between Democrats and Republicans, if not on the side of Democrats, because there are more registered Democrats. It's been in the hands of the Republicans for far too long. Sorry, Judy.
1: So not only what is happening because of laws that are being instated in, in, I believe it's 32 states currently where they have ID laws. What's happening is there's a very large group of Americans that aren't able to vote. I I don't think people realize that 11% of individuals don't have any type of identification. And people say, well, go get, go spend the $15 to go get it. You know, you don't understand to get something when you don't have a birth certificate, when you don't have the documentation to basically be able to even apply. And that's a very large number. I think it's 23 million, 23 million. And this is according to the Brennan Center for Justice, don't have the appropriate documents available you Have to take off work. Absolutely. And that's how they can figure it in. They said on average to acquire what is necessary to get a photo ID when you don't have the appropriate documentation is like $150. Mm -hmm. That's a ton more than any type of uh, voting tax. So that's, majorly the minority population so they know that that is a ploy to further keep people from voting because when you look at the numbers Barb and, and, and Liz and Christian there have not been huge numbers of, of documented cases of voter fraud no. I think when Bush really went all gung-ho after his election I think um, they ended up arresting 85 people and a hundred and some were thrown out out of the entire presidential election so we're not talking huge numbers and it's it uses the leverage to keep people from voting. And when we're talking about our democracy, that's why we need to pay attention.
2: Christian. Yeah. So Judy, I don't know if this was something that you were going to mention, but you also have in many states, a large portion of the population who were formerly incarcerated, Mm -hmm. who have their voting rights stripped away and have no opportunity to even earn them back.
0: But even the ones that can vote don't realize they can vote. In Pennsylvania, once you've served your sentence, you can vote, I believe.
1: That is true. The the only individuals in the state of Pennsylvania that cannot vote are individuals with, with a felony that are in prison or have been sentenced to a felony. If they have been released, they can vote. If they are pending something, they can vote. If they're in jail on a misdemeanor or anything below that, they can vote. And they're supposed to be offered That also, if they're in jail and and have no obstacles to be able to. But people don't know that.
0: No, they don't. And they assume. uh, I remember when I was tutoring for the GED, one of my students assumed because she had committed a felony and served her time that she could not vote. And so you need to get the word out. And also, people that are down and out, they're not thinking about getting to vote, especially if we only have one day to vote that's true. you know if it's hard to vote you you can only have that one day and you got to take off from work and they they're only thinking about trying to make ends meet to feed their their children they're not thinking about voting and they're not politically attuned to what's going on and in this country at this point Who'd want to be attuned if you're not?
1: I mean, that's a, you know? that's a problem right there. Or they or they don't want to vote. They're, they, they're turned off by the political system. So, you, you know, we're talking about the people that have problems at home. They, they're raising children. They're, they, you know, politics is overwhelming. Those people can, maybe could vote, but they just don't vote because they're so frustrated by everything that comes along with it. It's confusing. It's, it's fighting back and forth.
0: They're completely mm-hmm. disenchanted with politics. And therefore, their duty, as I see it, to become part of the political process. Exactly. Christian, we're so excited to have you here. So, Christian, can you give us some updates on what uh, the campaign committee has decided they're going to they're gonna do in the upcoming months to, to get candidates to run, maybe? I think we should be out on the streets as soon as we can, talking to people to tell them how important it is that they come out and vote in November?
2: Sure. So uh, the campaign committee, we just recently had our January meeting and we have a number of different strategies that we're looking at to get people engaged and remind them how important this upcoming election is for the future of our country. We're going to have a Senate seat on the ballot, Congress, and then depending on how the final state legislative maps are drawn, we may have both a state house seat as well as the state Senate seat up in Susquehanna County this this year, uh, so it is a very critical election. Well, we'll um, definitely
0: have a house seat because they're up every two every two years.
2: Yeah, it's, it's the, the, Senate the Senate seat, seat. will depend on yeah. where yeah. the lines are drawn. Do you know um, how
0: that works? The Senate, how does that work when currently neither of the two Senate senators, House Senate, I mean, PA senators. Excuse me. That represent Susquehanna County are up for re-election. So how would that work?
2: Yeah. Okay. So Lisa Baker would be up for re-election under the old lines this year. Oh, and she would. She, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, she will. So, so half of the Senate is elected during what we call presidential election cycles, where you know the president is up, and then the other half are midterm okay. uh, cycle okay. senators because they they each serve four-year terms. So we we will have potentially both houses of the state legislature up for election in Susquehanna County this year. So very busy year, (laughs) and uh, we are really looking forward to getting out there and trying to spread the word. So in terms of items that the campaign committee is looking at accomplishing for voter engagement, the first thing that we're looking at is gathering petition signatures. So, for anybody who might be listening who's not aware of that process, before the primary election, candidates have to gather a certain number of signatures from whatever district they're running in just to get their names on the ballot to show that they have community support for their candidacy. Depending on what level of office you're running for, the number of signatures can vary from a locally elected office. You need to get 10 signatures, so on up into the hundreds and thousands of signatures. The first thing That we can ask anybody who might be listening, who wants to help but isn't sure how to help or wants to help in a quick way that they can fit into their life very easily, is keep an eye out. We will be having a petition breakfast uh, coming up in February. I believe it's February 19th. Yes, it is nine o'clock in Montrose. And then you can get that information off the Susquehanna County Democrats website or our Facebook page. But if you can't make it to to that morning in-person event, or if you don't feel comfortable going to an in-person event, we will also be organizing several different locations throughout the county where you can just drive in. So you'll be able to drive up, park, a volunteer will give you the petition to sign. You can sign it in your car. We'll have sanitizing equipment available. So it'll be very COVID safe and we'll have them at different times during the day and different days of the week so that no matter what time you may have to work, I know a lot of people work long hours. They're not always necessarily off on the weekends, so it'll be available. And and just finding candidates who you support and signing their petition to get on the ballot Is probably one of the easiest and one of the first steps where people, just average people, can get involved in the process.
0: And not to put you on the spot, Christian, but do we do we know the Democratic turnout in Pennsylvania in in this past November? Was it low? Was it
2: sure? So this past November, when we had our our local election in 2021, well, we call it the local election cycle, but there were also some statewide judicial offices, right? Um, I do not have the exact number for Democratic turnout specifically, but I can tell you the estimated turnout of Democrats and left-leaning independents uh, combined. So in Susquehanna County, that number would be about 35% a little over 35%. Okay. Which, you, you know, to <laughs> to people like us who are are politically engaged is a bit frustrating and uh, can sound a little bit low, but that's not bad considering that it was a a local election cycle.
0: But we lost uh, several uh, judicial seats that were very
2: important. Yes, yes, we had the opportunity to flip four judicial seats and and only ended up being able to flip one.
1: Christian, how can we get more people out to vote? What are some tips you can offer?
2: Oh Well, I definitely can't offer a magic bullet. If I could, I would be making a lot of money from the DNC.
1: Yes, you would. would.
2: (laughs) But uh, what i found generally works the best is one-on-one contact with people. So that can take a number of forms. I know the thing that is generally always asked of volunteers, if you're listening and you've been a volunteer before, somebody has probably asked you to make calls. Phone calls are shown to be relatively effective and there's no cost involved in terms of postage. So a lot of campaigns will use those. However, not everybody is comfortable on the phone at all or especially calling strangers. (laughs) So uh, when it comes to, to getting people out to vote, There are a lot of other options. And um, ones that we'll be utilizing, at least with the volunteers with the campaign committee, are, you know, you can talk to people in person. These can be your friend group or people you know, people in organizations that you're part of, like people who go to your church, or if you have a any type of community organization, you can talk to those people. If you feel comfortable talking to people you may not know, we can do face-to-face canvassing, which is where we'll just go through a neighborhood and either just... Just try to talk to anybody who might be home or potentially a targeted list of people. I know a lot of people can get intimidated when we're, we're asking them to talk to, to strangers, but a lot of times what we'll be doing is going through a pre-screened list of people who are already relatively ideologically similar, so you don't have to worry so much about going to somebody's house and having them scream at you to get off their porch because you're a filthy Democrat. Um, so you can do phone banking you could do face-to-face text canvassing is also something that is growing in popularity and effectiveness I know That in the past, Barb has been helping us to uh, try to get our text banking program going. And that is something that we are expecting to have in place before the general election in November, if not uh, by the primary.
0: Well, you don't mean for Susquehanna County. You mean for for the PA Dems?
2: For Susquehanna County as well. Oh, really? Yeah. We've been working on on developing the ability for us to do our own texting independently of... Of the dems uh, the pa dems that we have more flexibility
0: well that would be great i mean i think it would be great if susquehanna county dems receive a text from a susquehanna county dems you know rather than a pa dems
2: yeah i i agree it it does really help when you can get that local volunteerism and engagement because i i can't tell you the number of times since I've been an active volunteer and, and even, you know, professional campaign staff, where I've gotten a text from the PA Dem saying, hey, Christian, are you planning to go vote? And I generally reply with, yes, I am actually working for such such a candidate. <laughs> you know, thanks for your time volunteering. Mm-hmm. So, when you have local volunteers, they know if, if Judy or you or Liz were texting and you saw my name on the list, you're gonna know what this person's level of involvement is already. Right. So um, yeah, so so in addition to to doing that type of direct outreach, well, I guess there is one other form of direct outreach that we really encourage people. To consider as a volunteer opportunity, which is social media and not necessarily just posting about voting, which is very useful, but also direct messaging, people who you know might not be particularly engaged, but you know, for instance, that they do care a lot about a certain issue. So if you, you know, were to shoot them a, a message via Facebook Messenger saying, Hey, you know, this is how this upcoming election or a candidate in this upcoming election could affect this issue you care about. That is an extremely effective way of getting people to turn out to vote.
0: And also running for office. (laughs) We need candidates because if we don't have a candidate against, that brings out voters. How many times have you gone to the polls and like, Last time, uh, the last cycle, the presidential in 2020, Jonathan Fritz did not have an opponent, for example. Democrats are less likely to come out and vote if they don't have somebody to vote for, because they don't really want to vote for Jonathan Fritz, because he doesn't represent Democrats. He only represents Republicans. So if you at all are interested in running for office, please make the Susquehanna County Democrats aware of
1: this. You know, I I always say if we could just get the people that are registered out to vote, oh my goodness, what a huge difference that would make. But I do understand, real quick, Christian, and and thank you for all that information. That was that was great. That there are elections within the party coming up around this time. Can you say a few words to that? So because we also need people to come out and be involved in our precincts. Because I think we know and realize now across this country, rural, rural communities do need more of a democratic presence. So can you speak to that real quick? And, and then we can, we can talk a little bit about
2: gerrymandering. Yeah, absolutely. So you're right, Judy, that we have an election coming up. It's actually going to be the the final election will happen during what is the primary election for a lot of these other races, but internally within the Democratic Party, the way that policy direction is set, the way that your local county party runs and the direction that it goes in is at its core directed by local precinct committee people and local county party leadership. So what Judy's talking about is is our internal Democratic Party elections. And what we would encourage people to do is if you are interested in getting involved and you do know your neighborhood pretty well or you have a community within your borough or township that you live in that you think you could do some outreach to and you care about the future of uh, their representation within the Democratic Party, especially if you live in a rural area where the Democratic Party on the state and national levels may not particularly seem to be caring much. (laughs) about what happens to us out in cow country. What I would encourage you to do is consider becoming a precinct committee person. What that is, is basically for every precinct in Susquehanna County, the precincts are almost all identical um, to just municipalities. So boroughs, townships, et cetera. But essentially what it is, is we elect one man and one woman from each precinct to serve as precinct committee people. What you're going to be doing is basically getting to know the Democrats within your precinct and encouraging them to vote and to volunteer. Um, Because it is an official position, a lot of people are concerned that, you know, this is going to be a significant time commitment. And we understand that, you know, it's a volunteer position and people are out here trying to work. and survive at the same time that we're asking them to, to volunteer. But it, it is really rewarding because you get to know your local Democrats. You get to have that type of impact that flows upward into the county party, into the state party, into the national party. Eventually, you can be part of engaging voters and pushing policy in a direction that is important to you. And then one more quick thing I wanted to add about about being a precinct committee person. A lot of people, you know, because it is an election, you're saying, oh, please, you know, run for this office. It, it can sound like a lot. What it comes down to is you just need 10 of your neighborhood Democrats to say, hey, this person would be a good precinct committee person. Sign your petition. Great. You're on the ballot. It is a relatively simple and straightforward process. It, it doesn't take a, a huge commitment. Obviously, we would love for you to be active and, and engaged to a certain level, but Uh, it's, It's not an intimidating office to be in and if you would like to talk to some of our current precinct committee people, I'm sure they'd be happy to walk you through what it's like. So if you would like to see which precincts are empty and need precinct committee people. You can go to the Susquehanna County Democrats website, and we have that list on the website.
1: Thank you, Krisha, for that information. And and they would get a lot of support from the party. So we have a lot of committees starting and people involved. So hopefully, people can come on out and and get more involved and give us a hand. Right. We're always looking
2: for new people. If people would be interested in becoming precinct committee people, please uh, reach out to me. I will ask. The editors of the podcast, if they could uh, drop my email in uh, in with the with this episode, so that people can reach out. If Don't be like. telling
1: us to drop it in the comments because we're having a hard time finding yeah. that right. Now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> we've yeah, been ignoring we our, our, our uh, comments for a while because we didn't know they existed so thank you <laughs> everybody gave us some comments besides my friend Julie, thank you very much you know speaking of getting out the vote and where are we going to vote i've been looking at carol kunholm fair districts pa's emails and in terms of the maps I'm talking about getting out to vote, we don't know yet who we're going to be voting for because we don't know yet who, what our districts are going to be. There are maps that are out there for review right now for, for the Pennsylvania House and Senate. They're in the reviewing process. And, and what we're talking about is every 10 years, may, most of you know this, but just to, to get you up to speed, every 10 years after the census has taken of course, redistricting goes into effect. And unfortunately for Pennsylvania, we have lost population. So we will be losing one of our congressional districts. So we will be going down from 18. Currently, we have nine Republican and nine Democratic Congress people, and we will be going down from 18 to 17. And so all of the that redistricting is going on in Harrisburg, in our Pennsylvania legislature, uh, both the House and the the Senate. According to what I've heard, the the proposed House maps are quite fair. PA House map is quite fair. And it will give Democrats an opportunity to be in competitive races. By that, I mean, it won't be a shoo-in incumbent in a number of races that in the past has been the case. There's been when politicians are in charge, as they should not be in redistricting, they tend to protect incumbents. They t- they want their party to be in charge. And for a long time, the Republicans have been able to keep control of Harrisburg because of their gerrymandering. Unfortunately, evidently, the Senate map is still heavily weighted toward Republicans and is not changing, will not change the course of events, which is too bad. It's it's not a fair map. Now the congressional district map, which I don't think anybody really knows exactly. I mean, the map that came out, I felt, and a lot of people felt the map was weighted toward the Republicans. Then they changed it a little bit. And as Carol Kuhnholm says, if the Republicans or the Democrats are complaining. About a map, it's because it's fair. <laughs> and
1: if it's, if I don't so, hear the Republicans complaining about it, do you? <laughs>
0: no, exactly. That's what she said. You don't hear anybody, com- you don't hear the Republicans complaining about the oh, Senate okay. map, the PA Senate map, just about the PA House map. And the congressional map is in their hands. They're going to screw around and throw it out there at the last minute and i really don't know where it is christian do you know where it is uh, in terms of the congressional the new congressional maps
2: yes so the congressional maps are still essentially being processed the pa state legislature the, the republican committee that put together these maps really thought they did something selecting a quote unquote citizen drawn map right uh, that the actual creator of that map admitted she has no idea why they chose it because it was an experimental map that she did see if she could get the population deviation as close to zero as possible. And that was the only metric that she was looking at. Huh. Unfortunately, there has also been a bipartisan map that was proposed by state senators Argyle and Street, oh. which is kind of better. <laughs> not not that much it's oh it, that's
0: the one that yeah right
2: yeah it it's less heavily weighted towards the republicans but it's still as somebody who does who does mapping for as part of their career it's still a hideous map there are all kinds of splits that don't need to happen so essentially what i'm saying is i have i have no idea if they go forward with either of these maps that have been proposed so far it's going to go to the pa supreme court who will overturn it and just try to draw a fair map
0: Right. Well, first Wolf will have to veto it and then it would go to the Supreme Court and then yes. they would they would give it to what they call them like they did before a master mm-hmm. um, map maker yeah. or whatever they call. Them. And so that remains to be seen. So we don't even know what congressional district we're going to be in. If they take the house map, the PA house map, we will be in Jonathan Fritz district would encompass the entire county of Susquehanna. And that's the change. So there would be no more, I don't know where Tina Pickett would go, but the Senate map, the whole of Susquehanna County would be in Lisa Baker's district, proposed district, where now some of us have Senator Yaw as our senator. So that would be the changes. And so the gerrymandering is a big problem with voting rights. But I don't know, Judy, you wanted to speak a little bit more to that.
1: I just wanted to mention about that. I think it'll be not until February, until we hear, hear something, but I'm hearing a lot of buzz that they're, that they're really considering moving the primary out a little bit later into the year, another month or so. I had mentioned before that there were 32 states, there are 36 states that have passed photo, um, photo ID requirements, um, governmental requirements, so I just want to make that correction. Do we want to move on to um, Liz on Liz? We do. That. I don't we know if we do. have much time. And, and this is going to be a conversation I think we're going to have a lot of. Um, I'm looking to see if there's any other statistics. I did see a couple of things, Bob, that we had to figure out how to share onto our website. A, a couple of different articles that I found were very good.
0: Yeah, we can do that. Uh, we can put that under the, uh, we have resources.
1: One other thing that I wanted to share, which we can include this in here or not, we had talked about, and it has more to do with, I think, what Liz is bringing up the fighting, infighting between the Republicans. There was a really good NPR interview that I want to put the link up, and maybe we can talk about that the next time. But let's go, let's move on to Liz on Liz. I'm, I'm anxious to hear from Liz how she's doing and what, what her thoughts are. But Liz, I'm going to hand it over to you. Thanks.
3: Thanks, Judy. Um, I know we're running uh, kind of short on time, and this could be like an evergreen topic. I was just going to talk about, um, We've been joking about my Democratic friends. We agree with Liz Cheney and what she's doing in fighting Trump's attempted coup. And we're joking, do I have to like Liz Cheney now? And the answer, of course, is no. (laughs) We can agree with what she's doing, but we don't have to like her. Or that's not personal, of course. We still don't like her policies. She's a hardline, arch-conservative. And the only reason she appears to be a moderate right now is because the crazy crazy, crazy, far right wing of the Republican parties grabbed hold of the entire party. Right, And so to keep it short, we don't have to like her policies. She's um, she's voted with Trump's policies 92.9% of the time I read on a recent article. She's anti-choice. She's, she was voted against the Affordable Care Act. And my own personal little problem with her, she's voted, first interest in de- delisting the grizzly bear from the endangered species list. You know, from my Montana time, grizzly bears are important to me. <laughs> so anyway,
0: um, as it should
1: be, as they of should,
0: course, be. Absolutely. of course, So And Liz and, is, isn't she being opposed? However, we won her in 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 Wyoming instead of her opponents, who are in the primary, who are horrible Trump. Right. Well, she's like a. I mean, in the
3: main, in the long ran of history, she's like she's like a regular Republican right now. And we we do need more reasonable people of in that party in positions you know in the Congress i mean in the House and Senate.
1: I think we're all at a point where we would take a regular Republican right now. <laughs> you know, in a exactly. <laughs> exactly. Do we ever think that we would but that's almost how we have we have to think. And there are a select group of Republicans in our government right now that are thinking like that that okay I, I we're gonna have to pick a moderate Democrat. Except
0: um, there are a lot of oh I'm sorry
1: repeat that Judy well I just listened to it I just listened to a an interview with I think it's Stephen Skeep on NPR and I think it was Christine Todd Whitman and oh. she was talking about how there, there are a group of Republicans elected officials that are working towards working with moderate Democrats right now um because they themselves are are so scared of of what they see is happening to the Republican party. I don't yeah. know how many there are, but she gave a very good interview on what they're doing and her thoughts on it and and like you does that mean that I like her now? Well, you know, no, but I think we have to look at it, at things like that right now well, she's, there are some rational people in there, but yeah,
0: she is uh, a moderate uh, Whitman, mm-hmm. not Whitman. Yeah. She is a moderate and she yes. always she, a Republican and she she always has been. I mean, but there aren't enough of them. There are so many that are resign, you know, not running again in Congress on both sides, Democrats and Republicans that don't want to put up with those primaries. And Adam kinsinger isn't isn't running again. So, I mean, the two on the on the January 6th committee, Cheney and, and uh, only one of them is could, I think she's still going to run Liz Cheney. But you never mm-hmm. know, because there's still time for her to to bow out.
1: Liz, is Liz Cheney going to run again?
3: I think she will. I think I don't think she's going to bow out. I, I think she's she's in for the long haul. And I, I also read uh, Wyoming um, in the presidential election. Trump took seventy percent of the vote in Wyoming. Of course, it's a small population. It goes back to our the minority rule. Where, right. You know, a million people have as many votes as many senators as California. Right. But anyway, I mean, it's, the crazies have got the this is, this is like the Crazies have their Republican Party too. But I think she'll fight. I think she'll fight for her seat.
0: Yeah. Well, she she might lose it to somebody worse. So there's a lot more to talk about because the midterm election, which I'm sure Christian will agree with, is an extremely important one. As Christian said, Senator in Pennsylvania, it's just a chance to get a hold of the House in, in Pennsylvania, possibly, because if we don't have control of Harrisburg, any kind of control of Harrisburg in 2024, it's possible that the legislature could overturn our legitimate election um, Mm -hmm. because we have those people, you know, there's still the fraud it. I don't know what's happening with that. That's another podcast. Maybe we'll talk about the fraud at the next
2: time. I just wanted to chime in that uh, Doug Mastriano, who is one of the uh, major folks behind the fraud, it has uh, cooled off a little bit on pushing that because he is now running for governor. So.
0: Oh, so. He doesn't want to release everybody's the last four digits of their social security number because he's afraid they'll get ticked off and they won't vote for him in a statewide election. (laughs) All right. Well, that's another topic. And I think we've, we've covered this well. I'm glad that Liz was with us and Christian and you all have a happy new year. And don't forget that we're on Spotify now. You can listen to us on Spotify or realitycheckchat.com. And don't forget that Amanda is our tech person. Carl wrote our music. We want to thank everybody that involved. I think that's it. Does anybody else want to say anything?
1: No, I hope everyone has a wonderful new year. 2020, I think 2022 is going to, uh, I think it be a little better than 2021. I'm hopeful. We're hopeful. We're all hopeful. Not the first couple months, so maybe a struggle. But I'm going to stay hopeful. I'm going to be. I'm going to be positive this year, guys. All right. No more. On, no more swearing.
0: <laughs> on to. I don't think there was any swearing, actually. On I to. Oh, there was it. <laughs> on. <laughs> on to s'mores, and hot dogs over the open smokeless pit. We will arrange mm-hmm. for that. But right now it's getting colder, not nicer. We we should have already done it. All right. Next warm weather. Give me a holler and talk to you soon.
1: Sounds great, guys. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for all you do. Happy
0: New Year. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for being with
0: us. Bye-bye.